Welcome to Food and Loathing, where we do more than just nibble around the edges of the Las Vegas food scene. We take a giant bite and then pass it around to our friends. And actually, I'm starting to think that may be why Rich <laughs> is once again under the weather this week. Um, I am speaking, of course, about our producer, Rich Johnson, who recently defeated Omicron. As did is, you. As did I. Yes. Yeah. But you are once and we yeah, we got sick together that time. But you are once again quarantining at home with some sort of bug. How are you feeling, Rich? I don't have it this time. I hope I stay yeah, that way. I Yesterday, uh, we're recording this on a Wednesday. On Tuesday afternoon, I was sitting here plugging away, and all of a sudden, it felt like I had been plunged into an ice bath. Sh- chills like I've never experienced. This is great for a food show to talk about how ill you are. But, uh, <laughs> you know, not Yikes. the fever, not the other. I just said, I'm going to bed. And I went to bed about 3, 4 o'clock, and I got up for maybe an hour. And then I went back to bed, and I sort of woke up at midnight, and I sort of woke up at 4, and I sort of woke up at 6, and I sort of woke up at 8. And finally, around 11, I thought, oh, okay, I'll just sort of sit here and wake up eventually. No, boom, next thing I know, it's another hour. I've had like 18 hours of sleep in the last 22 hours. So uh, actually, that's an upside. I love that. Well, (laughs) so you you had you just got had COVID and you got over it. So I'm guessing you don't have COVID this time. Have you done a test? I am going to do a test here for the vast listening audience and uh, prove to you that it just it, it's not that awful. This is one of these uh, the company is called OnGo. I also have a couple from the government that that's a different brand and it comes with the app. So I've got to uh, whoops, I almost uh, messed it here. I'm trying not to get too too strange about this thing. Okay, let's get started. You are uh, so- so Rich is getting started with yeah. this test. Um, look, basically, if you haven't figured this out by now, in deference to his illness and my desire not to catch it, we're doing this <laughs> week's episode remotely via Zoom. It's just the two of us. It ain't quite the metaverse, but um, I don't know what that is anyway. Yeah. But in the age of the virus, I think um, these Zoom broadcasts are something we've all gotten used to. So um you know, we're we're gonna we're gonna trudge through doing this remotely yeah. with some pre-recorded segments as Rick Rich gets ready. I was I almost asking, call yeah. you Rick because Rick is not here this yeah, week yeah. again. It's asking me all kinds of questions. Did you have a fever? Oh hell yes. Cough? No. Breathing problems? No. Fatigue? Yes. Come to think of it, I did that. Body aches? Not too bad. Uh, didn't lose my sleep. app didn't tends lose. to ask me more questions than my last visit to the doctor that yeah. they bothered to no ask kidding. me. And got me my results faster, too. When did my symptoms first start? Yesterday, the 15th. Next. <laughs> Limitations for take, for users taking biotin supplement. I'm not taking B7, so never mind. All right, continue on. I'll be over no, here. No, so, um, <laughs> yes. We're going to start, well, as Rich goes through that, we are going to start off with um, with what we've done so far this past week. I have to admit that after wrapping up the Fancy Food Show, I've been holed up at home trying to prepare for the big launch of my do- new Dining Guide app, Neon Feast. We're going to have a big launch event on Monday in the Arts District. My friend Bruce Kalman is hosting that at Soul Belly. We'll be streaming that on social media on Monday, then hopefully discussing it in some detail on next week's show. All I'll tell you for now is that the app has soft launch, so you can download it at your favorite app store or View it online at neonfeast.com, even as we work through some of those final tweaks in advance of our party. Um, 
so also with you ill and me stuck hunched over my laptop trying to get all of that done and there's my phone in the background yes and who is that uh with you ill and uh, me hunched over my laptop i i have not been out a lot this week um but i did have one very amazing meal with a celebrity chef who flew in from i believe dubai to show i mean that's not where she's from but to show us off the redesign of her restaurant that chef is lorena garcia her restaurant, of course, is Chica in the Venetian Palazzo's Restaurant Row. Um, the place has had a bit of a makeover. The menu is veering a bit closer to a steakhouse vibe now, while the lounge is moving more towards a party scene. I could explain it myself, but why hear it from me when you can hear it from Chef Garcia? So Rich is going to hit that when he gets that swab out of his nose. Could you tell people what this renovation and this little bit of a reboot is all about? Absolutely. We wanted to unify Chica as a brand and we wanted to, no matter what city in the world you are, you know as soon as you're walking out the doors, you know that this is Chica. So we adopt a little bit of the city in which we are. For example, Aspen, you're going to be able to feel the, uh, the mountains and the cabin feel. In Miami, you have the tropical feel and here in Las Vegas is a majesty. Of, of what Vega has to bring. Uh, you're going to see on the graffiti in which you, you see the, the name of Vegas and kind of the, the main uh, the attractions that you will feel in the strip. You have the beautiful bar that is an award winner bar uh, designed by Rockwell, our, our uh, designers. And you know, the food, we were able to refine it, to upscale it, to, to reinvent ourselves and, and almost call it a Chica 2.0. Tell people what the difference will be. Differences will be. Excuse me on the menu. How has that changed? Absolutely. Well, we we wanted to check the box the box of a steakhouse. So we amp our game in terms of the beautiful finest cuts of meats. We have a beautiful Jasper Argentinian uh, grill and our incredible rotisserie with Brazilian oak and charcoal. So the flavors that we're able to develop are, are just unbelievable we still come with a representation of latin cuisine with touches from argentina brazil mexico venezuela uh, the northern part of south america so very proud of the menu of the presentation and all the beautiful things that you were able to taste today and as you were just telling me the party kind of goes on a little later now than it used to right you're keeping it alive with a little bit of dance and a little bit of music absolutely we have chicken nights fridays and saturday nights and what it is at nine o'clock the vibe completely changes so we have Beautiful, amazing, professional salsa dancers teaching everybody how to dance. We have the vibe, we have the fire, we have the music, uh, live DJ every night from Friday to Sunday. And it really kind of, uh, you know, brings the vibes of Latin America and having a party. A great scene over at um, at Chica this week. I hung out with the Instagrammers for that meal. So you could see my very, very well-lit photos over on the Neon Feast social media feeds. Hint, always sit at the Instagrammer end of the table if you want good lighting. Oh, yeah. um, Rich, how's it going with you? Oh, I've done the uh, the nasal uh, swabbing two times, a little timer. I have uh, put the uh, swab into the little uh, vial with the uh, liquid that says is somewhere between uranium-235 and, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, rocket fuel. Don't touch it ever. Close right. the thing. Tap it a couple of times with my hand like I'm, you know, yeah, you give Doing it a little IV, tap, like your tap. I've kind of done this out of uh, order. Invert the extraction thing and put a. Did you do the squeeze it as you pull the? Oh yeah, yeah, I pulled <laughs> yeah. It we're out. all so used to this shit at this point. We all, all right. know the process. All right, I'm gonna put the one drop here in the little uh, thing. The okay. One drop. 
Uh, you needed three drops. Three, three drops. drops. Three drops. If you're using the same brand I did. Why am I not? Oh, there it is. Okay. Okay. As Rich is All going right. through that, I'm also going to mention that while Chico was my big meal, I also had another great brunch at Al Salito Posto, catching up with some friends. My vegan friend Jackie is still raving about the vegan banana bread in the pastry basket, so I figured I'd pass along that tip. So, um, just another shout out to my friends at Al Salito Posto. A few photos of that also up on social media. Rich, how are we back there? Did you drop the the yep. vial in the vial I or did. whatever it is? A little timer is going, 10 minutes. So, uh, you know, we'll, okay. we'll, so you'll get the results later on. This is what they call, back in the radio days, they called that quarter-hour maintenance, you know, where you try to say something that will keep people listening past a 15-minute mark. So you get Finding out if Rich has COVID. That's, yeah. the, that's our tease this Coming week. Coming up. But first, we had a lot of conversations at the Fancy Food Show that didn't make it onto the air last week, which I really wanted to share. Those are coming up next. This is Food and Loathing. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back. And we are sharing our fun at the Fancy Food Show here in Las Vegas one more time this week. We had so many great people stop by, we just had to devote a second episode to them. We're talking to a couple of great entrepreneurs, starting with a guy I've known for many years, Donald Contursi, the founder of Lip Smacking Foodie Tours. You give food tours of Las Vegas but you do more than just take people to good restaurants. You really give them some some backstory. You know about the chefs. You know about the art that's hanging on the walls. You know about the buildings, the architecture. So you are really a tour guide for the city of Las Vegas using food as your backdrop. And you have a team of people working for you who really know this town. How'd you get into doing this, man? And what's your philosophy in, in presenting the Las Vegas food scene to tourists? I mean, I worked in restaurants for uh, over 10 years as a server. Uh, I worked at RMC Food. I worked at uh, STK. I opened the restaurant as a server there. Uh, Botero over at Wynn, Gordon Ramsay Steak. Um, and then I started dining out. You know, anytime you'd put out an article, I'd read it and I'd go check it out. And uh, that created the knowledge of, you know, all the different restaurants, which dishes you're supposed to get when you go. And, you know, when I travel somewhere, a big part, part of it is the food. You know, where am I going to go eat? And I know a lot of people do the same in Las Vegas, and they have to narrow down their choices if they're here for just a couple nights, and hopefully they make the right decision. Then when they get to the restaurant, hopefully they choose the right items. You know, they maybe want to play a safe bet. So I just thought, since everything is cons so consolidated on the Las Vegas Strip, to actually go to multiple restaurants for their signature dishes. And, you know, there's so much rich content throughout the resorts, uh, art installations, uh, just, just things that, you know, if, if you're an insider or you work at the hotel, you definitely know these things. But as a tourist, you know, there's so much going on that you sometimes don't see or, or get that information. And so I thought, why not create dinner and a show, kind of like the Supper Club? 
uh, but in a different in a different format. And there are food tours uh, in other cities; they're popular in Europe. But what I figured is let's do the Vegas version, like we do everything: the nightclubs, the day clubs, the pool parties, the 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 brunch. Everything in Vegas is taken up a notch. So I figured we should do the same with our food tours. Um, and so we serve you know a ton of food. We go prime hours. We go to the top places, that sort of thing. Yeah, you do. Um, you do your tours the way that I always ate in Vegas when I first moved here before I started writing about restaurants a lot before people recognize me let's put it that way right and I would just go to a casino and I would have one bite in each restaurant that I loved because there are so many the casinos in Las Vegas you know where should I eat when I'm in Bellagio really do you have a month because you know that if you want to have a full meal you could do that um so I would go and I would I'd hit you know, Chirco at the time, and I'd have my appetizer there. Then I'd go over to Harvest, and I'd have something else. And and that was the way that I really loved dining out in Las Vegas. You sit at the bar, you order one dish, you have a cocktail. Um, by the time you get to dish number five, you've had a lot of cocktails. You know, you have a good time. You go home. And I stopped doing that after a while because the chefs started recognizing me. They knew I was going to write about them. And so when I ordered one dish, they sent me twelve dishes. And by the time I left, and I know, boo-hoo, I know it's a rough <laughs> fucking life I live. I get that, but you can't really do a tour. So I now go on your tours because I know the chefs are only going to send me the one dish that they have. But I, I do love your tours, and I think that they are custom built for Las Vegas. I know you do them in other cities and I want you to tell me about the other cities, but also how's that compare? Because I feel like this town was really built for it more than other towns. There are uh, great food cities. Um, the reason that we've done them outside of Las Vegas is kind of the same reason that I'm here today at Fancy Food Show is uh, we have found a niche where these large groups that are you know here during the trade show in, in the day, they're going out at night uh, entertaining customers, looking to meet other buyers, networking, right? Mm -hmm. And instead of the standing reception that everybody's so used to or the traditional dinner reservation where you know once you're seated, you're there for three hours and you're really just talking to the people that you're sitting next to. This experience, the Lip Smacking Foodie Tours, allows greater networking opportunities where you get to go to four different restaurants and every time you go to the next restaurant and you sit down, you end up sitting by somebody else. So uh, that's, we're actually doing a tour for Fancy Food Show this evening. We have a group of about 80 people and sometimes that's the best networking because you never know who you're going to sit next to and food and drink brings everybody together. Yeah, I mean, that's great because number one, you, you know, just talk about the one person across from you and one on each side, right? That's three people that you might talk to at a dinner. You hit five places, now you're talking to 15 people. Also, if you sit seated next to the asshole who won't shut up, luckily you can sit on the other side when you get to the next restaurant, right? That's true. And by the way, I am the asshole who won't shut up at most times, so you don't want to sit near me. I'm not, not accusing any of y'all of being that asshole, but I am. So um, that's great, man. Um, you did a lot of self-guided tours during the, well, you didn't do, you created self-guided tours during the pandemic, which I thought was a really intriguing way to respond to a rough situation. And I think we saw a lot of creativity come out of this pandemic. And you're one of the, the people that I saw being creative. Tell me about how you did that how it went over and whether you're going to continue that now that pandemic's over. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Uh, you know, at a time when things were, we were getting announcements of closures and we're in the entertainment capital of the world and there's, you know, limited things to do. I thought, you know, now, like, you know, I take a lot of pride in coming from Las Vegas and, and developing experiences and that sort of thing. So I took it as an opportunity to, you know, create something new. And it's actually extremely successful. Uh, it's a different customer. 
Uh, it's a, a different price point, you know, a little bit more entry-level pricing. Uh, it's for a younger demographic because, you know, uh, some people don't want to have a tour guide, especially locals. They do want a restaurant hop and check out all these different restaurants that they're hearing and reading about, mm -hmm. but they, uh, you know, they don't necessarily want to do it with other tourists or have a tour guide leading them. So we've developed these self-guided food tours, which is a first of its kind. There are self-guided walking tours in Europe and, you know, you download an app, that sort of thing. But ours is very, uh, is great because it's a virtual guide that if you do want to learn about each restaurant, there's a voiceover to tell you about it just as the guide would. If not, you just make your reservations at the time that we schedule them according to whatever time that you book. And we have them in Fremont East Downtown. We have them in the Arts District. We have Chinatown. We uh, have Green Valley Ranch uh, Hotel all within that resort. We have Tivoli Village and uh, even one in Chicago for Deep Dish Pizza Tour. And it's great because it allows us to curate these new experiences without having to staff a, a, a tour guide. And so if it books, uh, you know, it's just, it, 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 make, it makes sense and it's great for the restaurants as well. And now uh, you say that's sort of the entry level. Now then, let's talk about the um, the baller level because you've got some baller level experiences, including a helicopter flyover of the strip that's part of your foodie tour. So tell me about that and some of the higher end things that you do. So every night we offer the uh, uh, we've been partnered with Maverick Helicopters for about five years. And uh, after the lip-smacking tour over at Aria, uh, they pick you up from the hotel, they take you to the terminal. It's the flight over the strip. Um, you know, it's what we call the cherry on top or dessert after dessert. And it's great for, you know, anniversaries, special occasions, a bucket list sort of uh, experience when you come to Vegas. And then our uh, premier experience, which which does really well, especially for, you know, a lot of times the uh, we've seen like, you know, maybe the husband's birthday or something, is our ultimate steakhouse tour. Uh, that takes you to three of the top steakhouses, limousine transportation, signature appetizer from each, uh, unique steak. It's not going to be a filet, a New York, and a ribeye. It's going to be like a dry aged or an A5 Kobe or uh, something that's just very unique, along with a signature side dish and dessert as well. comes with either a wine pairing or a craft cocktail at each. We go to Bizarre Meat. Our latest one, we went over to Carver's Steak. We go to Prime. We get the table overlooking the fountains of Bellagio. I mean, it's really over the top. It's a lot of food as well. Wow. Um, just to give people an idea of the price point, you know, we've talked low end, high end. What's the what's the spectrum of the tours that you offer? Self guided, those begin at seventy nine dollars a person. It includes gratuities at each restaurant. We're talking twelve dishes. It's tremendous value when, when you see what you get. Uh, then we have uh, the guided. Those start at one twenty five for lunch. The dinner one ninety nine. You want to add the helicopter. Uh, it's an extra $100. You want to add the optional beverage package. It's an extra $60, inclusive of gratuities. And then the steakhouse tour is $7.99 a person. But when you see what you get, it's the value's really there. Yeah, and that's Vegas, man. You need something in every price range because we all do Vegas differently. But you know what? You need to have those options because sometimes you want to be a baller. Sometimes you just want to get the most for your buck, most bang for your buck. And I like that. Also, I've got to thank Donald, man. When I left the Review Journal, I was um, looking for some places to write. I had a lot of projects going on, this podcast being first and foremost among them. So Donald gave me a place to write um, on his blog, on the Lip Smacking Foodies Tours blog. I hope to go back and do some more writing over there as well. Thank you for that. Thank you for supporting my projects, man. It's my pleasure to always support yours. Lip Smacking Foodie Tours, I have been you can look up my track record with this company. I raved about it in Las Vegas City Life. I think I raved about it in Vegas 7. I wrote about it for the Las Vegas Review Journal. I don't go 
and write about the same people over and over again if I don't think that they're doing something pretty fucking amazing. This guy is doing something pretty fucking amazing. So please check out Lip Smacking Foodie Tours when you're in Vegas. Appreciate that. Thank you very much, Thanks, Al. brother. One of the great things about an industry show like Fancy Foods is you get to meet people in person with whom you've talked and corresponded but never actually done the face-to-face -face thing. This was the case when C.W. Silverberg dropped by. He and his partners produce an online show called Tripping Kosher, in which they try to visit every kosher establishment in North America. Kosher is a $20 billion industry in the United States. There's no TV shows yet. Is that a secret? No, yeah. I just, Started I think it blows people's mind, right? <laughs> it's not just a lifestyle. There's not just kosher product, kosher marketplace. That all comes from something called kosher lifestyle, which is not understood yet by the algorithmic overlords. Mm -hmm. And we're just here to kind of very politely and accurately and done with kind of like a joie de vie and, and, and positivity show the algorithm that there's something called kosher lifestyle. And so we spent a bunch of years highlighting all the kosher neighborhoods in the country, uh, which are many and vast. Well, yeah, the, the corporate overlords and the algorithms and the Neo or whoever's running the fucking Matrix, they don't recognize <laughs> you until you make noise. You make noise. At the end of the day, like they recognize noise. Sadly, that is that's their volume is their primary thing. So we've all got to talk about shit that's good, because if we don't talk about things that are good and things that are important to us, we just get glossed over by people who are talking dumbass stuff. That's right? exactly how we're I, I'm you nailed it. You nailed it to a point. If, if we're not even making that much noise. We've just been around for a long time, just being the happy-go-lucky positives. Uh, they really, thank God, isn't that much negatives, but, like, everybody has an opinion. Mm. We don't have opinions. I'm classic Jewish. Well, who am I? Right? <laughs> right? I'm a nothing schmear. Well, they don't do reviews. I tell stories. But I want your opinion because you called me to ask me what I thought about Chinglish, and I love that restaurant, Chinglish. Um, they have a kosher side. They have a non-kosher wine bar side. Uh, you went over there. I told you some pretty nice things about it, so now I'm worried. Did you enjoy yourself? <laughs> so, again, one of the things that we're so specific about is if it's not good, we're not going to make a video out of it, or you know, we're not putting it on camera. That's not our goal is to be some sort of derogatory. You're supposed to watch it with it's supposed to entertaining education. And what we thought was this story of Chinglish, which is very unique in the entire United States. It's, it's very easy to say that it is perhaps one of the top walk masters in the country to also have a secret kosher kind of like low-key outlet so that our, what would feel like a tiny community can experience it. And because it's part of that familial story, like, come on, you, there's a video out there because we thought that was such a killer story. And... Sometimes things are out of my wheelhouse, uh, specifically, you know, non-kosher restaurants. So I reached out to you because you could see the duality of the space whilst also understanding, like, the magnificent, magnificent separation of boundaries that existed there. Right. It's the so same thing, but very... where is the video? Because I have not seen your product, and now i got to see you in Chinglish. I well, really want to check it out. Well, part of the joys of how we made just the little noise, little noise for the algorithmic underlords is the video's on the internet. So it's going to be pretty much everywhere you would look so for I it. So I Google your name? Or Honestly, <laughs> your phone is next. TrippyKosher.com. TrippyKosher on every... Yeah, he's giving me a lead in the first Okay, there we go. Tripping yes. Kosher. That's it. Because I'm reading Kosher Style Media. That's Tripping not it. Kosher. Tripping so the name kosher. of the series, com. there are hundreds and hundreds of videos, documentaries. There's a Kosher Cannabis documentary. There's Kosher like, Cannabis. But oh, from a medicinal standpoint, but something very simple. This is education, entertainment, and we're highlighting a brand new lifestyle. And we think the marketplace is worthy enough for, you know, people to come along and throw in some commercials. Yep. Uh, not sponsored yet. Cool. 
Kosher.com. How is the kosher scene here in Las Vegas? And I'm asking, I'm, I may reach out to you in the future. When anybody who's watching here today, they've seen me plug this all day long. But Neon Feast, this is what we call a soft lunch. I rushed this thing oh, to get Mazel it on the app store. And thank you. In time for this event so I could show it to people. Um, it is a curated list. I try to get experts to recommend restaurants. We have not put our kosher list on that app yet because I I was going to talk to maybe Ken from Chinglish, yeah, talk Ken to some local know. rabbis, but I want people who really know the scene. Nobody wants me <laughs> Come on, I think it'd be awesome. That's you know? really what I, my first thought was like, um, if I could get this dude on camera to talk about a kosher restaurant, the audience <laughs> would have zero context and not know what the hell was going on. And it would be great. Um, that, I would love to be part of that. Yeah, I'd love to get your thoughts, have you recommend some, maybe write some reviews okay. for me. But for now, for the for the Facebook Live fans, what are good kosher restaurants well, here in Las Vegas? Let's talk about the fact that uh, outside East Coast, West Coast, and certain large populations, you wouldn't find more than three or four kosher outlets if you're like a 5,000 kosher-keeping family community. That's like a standard. Mm -hmm. but it doesn't exist really everywhere. Vegas has become a very kosher-keeping community, whether it's in Henderson and other parts of Vegas. And I think you have like eight or nine possibly kosher options here, which also because of the tourism industry when it comes back. But there are certain standards and standouts, and I love coming here. Uh, so hit us with some names, man. Okay, so you got the Chinglish experience, kosher Chinglish, which really is a definitive Cantonese cooking experience done kosher, unlike anywhere else in the world, like definitive. Uh, you got Ariel's Pizza, which is kind of like a... I'll get there. There's Ariella's Pizza uh, off screen. You're not on camera. I'm the talent. Um, so, so uh, <laughs> uh, Jerusalem, uh, mess me up. Ariella's Pizza is kind of like uh, if you imagine people who didn't grow up with kosher pizza, and then they're like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna really make that kind of killer kosher pizza idea. Mm -hmm. Like they have they have like a fake like Totino's like pizza roll things that they have there. Oh, dank, certified dank. Is what we call them. Cheese getting better because I've I tried it a few. You years You can get ago. Belgioso with a kosher certification. Uh, Palio with the big yep. bricks on the East Coast, which is premier, the best kosher mozzarella, the best mozzarella in the country to melt for like gangster style melting is going to be a Palio full fat. On the East Coast, it's got a kosher certification, so it's supply chain logistics. Okay. Uh, the marketplace is there. We're just here to to show it off. There's a place called Jerusalem Chef's Table, which is Mediterranean. Uh, they have survived the post. The, the post-corona, which we're very excited to see. Uh, they're slowly getting back up there, and it's very exciting to see them. But that's really our place. We want to sit at the bar and just eat like... Like, their merguez is 100% what a merguez flavor should be. Mm -hmm. um, in my mind, like, I want to identify that flavor benchmark. I had one last night, and I was like, holy shit. Boss man was like, that's, uh, that's how my grandma made it. That's how good it was, you know. Nice. Um, lots of options here. Lots of shawarma, kind of like little Tel Aviv-style kind of, kind of spots. I need that. Oh, I need that. Oh, but it's a hummus Vegas? Shawarma Vegas? What's it called? Shawarma Vegas, Hummus Vegas, Hummus Vegas, Hummus Vegas, Hummus Vegas. I'm I'm partial to the crispy schnitzel in any Israeli place because like the crispy chicken schnitzel is always going to be like. Uh, I, I know you don't you don't you uh, you're a straight edge nowadays. Huh? Are you straight edge nowadays? I, I mean, I ain't straight edge. I just don't really drink very much. Yeah. I don't have much of a liver left. Well, that's still so, so most of us most of us are, but most of my memories with like late night foods is Israeli kind of late night. Yeah. yeah and a crispy hot like fried schnitzel no, like. You can still appreciate good supping up the booze, even if you're not wasted. Oh, I know. I think because when yeah. you get older, you're like, oh, I'm never going to do that again. But damn, I, that's a good sandwich. Yeah. I'll eat it. That's <laughs> what happens when you get me tour, right. yeah, as you can tell.
Cool, man. Thank you. Well, thank you, Al. Thank this you is... for um, for helping us learn a bit more. I am going to be reaching out. Now I've got your email again, so I'm going well, you know to reach out, have you recommend, give us some stuff for Neon Feast. In the meantime, please check out the app when you get out of here. Absolutely. I'm excited to see it all happen in the past couple of years. Trippingkosher.com. Trippingkosher.com. Internet Tripping Kosher, and it'll find you everything. There you go. Just type it into some search bar somewhere. Don't even it'll type come it. Up. Say it in front of your phone. Just talk to but it. Keep your phone in your pocket and say it out it doesn't loud. doesn't matter. You've watched this video. It already knows you want to see it. The the algorithm knows. I also had um, Terry Hart stop by the table, and I, it was one of those scenes where you're looking at somebody's name tag, and you're like, how do I know this name? Who is this person? He's oh, yeah. looking at me like he had heard of me. Um, it turns out Terry is the guy who runs the Proof Awards. We've spoken about this a bit in the past, but um, I asked him a bit more about it. So rather than me try to explain what the Proof Awards are, here's Terry. What makes us different from like the SIP awards and some of the other uh, awards from around the country is that all of our judges are distributors and buyers, big box store buyers, restaurant buyers. Um, we have the buyer for Delta Sky Club. Uh, she is one of the judges. We have the buyer for Carnival Cruise Lines. And then, uh, you know, uh, local um, Las Vegas uh, restaurants and, um, yeah, distributors from across the country. So it's a fantastic opportunity for, um, for a, an emerging brand to not only win some marketing awards. We have two awards. One's a blind taste test, just like any other contest. Uh, and then the second day, we have what we call the Total Package Award. What that is is we uh, take the product out of the paper bag, in essence, and put it on the bar and uh, <laughs> let them look at the, uh, the label, the price point, the packaging, and uh, they'll win an award for that. And the bonus is uh, possibly um, Delta Sky Club or Carnival Cruise Lines will say, I like that product. I like that price point. I want to talk with them. So that's, yeah, that's, that's cool. great, man. Really getting place. I mean, you know, because... A lot of us talk, a lot of people in America right now talk about reassessing what you're trying to accomplish, right, in your life. You know, like what, reassessing where we are. And one of the things that I decided I really like doing is putting asses in the seats of good restaurants. Yeah. Similarly, you're putting quality products in front of people who can buy them. Right. right? Can like make really, a difference. It's yeah. the little differences, you know, because there's one thing about getting a big award and, you know, you put it on your shelf and blah, 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 and you can brag to your friends. But at the end of the day helping more people enjoy their cocktails, getting yeah. quality products in in quality establishments and getting people just, you know, the, the little things are really what matter. That's 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 what makes this. I like the concept of your uh, of your uh, your directory. Um, and, you know, like you were telling me that, if, you know, who who is the one that recommended it? A hundred people could recommend it or one. Um, one big guy uh, could recommend it and they become a part of the list. And Yeah, with Neon Feast, my new dining guide, you know, what the thing that we try to do is I, I call it a curated list. And that means that, you know, I reach out. Yes, we took general recommendations from 40 or 50 people who are giant pros in this business, but we also weighted them a lot differently. So if somebody, you know, if Rick Moonen recommends a seafood place, damn, that's on the list. If Colin Fukunaga recommends a burger place, damn, that's on the list, yeah. right? And I love that what you're saying is that the people that you have at the Proof Awards are people who are empowered to put this shit into, you know, a cruise line. And Absolutely. That's a big buy for a company. Absolutely, yeah. So, um, and the other thing that's really exciting is uh, something that we're launching pretty soon, If since we're in the, in the business of... Uh, of blowing our own home. We're here to promote, man. <laughs> like, what's the point of being here if we we're, don't promote uh, what we're doing? I mean, this is a trade show. Yeah, Let's trade. Let's trade. <laughs> uh, so FB101, uh, his website uh, gets over uh, 14 million visitors every month. 
Wow. And I looked at that and I went, you know, I was reading it back in November. I used to work for another, in another business. Um, I used to work for an architectural for, uh, architect who created a website, uh, visual discovery search engine for architects. So I would go call uh, door windows companies, windows companies, door companies, flooring companies, get them to buy a profile on Design Guide, and then uh, then their their audience were architects so that they could shop. So we're going to take that same concept and um, we're going to um, market to the 14 million that come there every month. We'll have a buyer's guide tab. You'll open it up, it'll be a directory, you hit cheese, a couple of companies will come up, you hit that company, and boom, a profile will come up. It's a, it's a um, comprehensive, single-page look at that company. So in advertising, you may advertise your one cheese, but in this buyer's guide, what you're going to do is going to have your whole company laid out there. Right. It'll have your mission statement, some images, some contact information, your accolades, uh, distribution, wherever, wherever you're found. So that's, uh, that's we're excited. Uh, we're going to be launching that in about a week or two. Cool. Well, please, yeah, um, yeah let's um, make sure we cross-promote and get people <laughs> talking about that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Tell people again where they'll be able to connect with that and get that information. Well, um, so what you could, website be? Uh, so um, you can contact me, uh, Terry, Terry let's, do, let's do my proof awards. Yeah. Terry Hart, that's T-E-R-R-Y-H-A-R-T, at proofawards.com. And uh, you can also look at the uh, Food and Beverage Magazine website, www.fb101.com. Awesome. So let's talk about what you're seeing here, because yeah. you're known for, I mean, the Proof Awards is a spirits thing. There's, there's not really spirits no. being represented here. So what did you come to check out? Today? So I came to check out uh, an underused category uh, for, that we've been using for the last three years. So last year we had some CBD infused uh, beverages. We had some teas, uh, energy drinks, of course. And so this year I found some great teas, uh, unusual um, um, fruit uh, cocktails, stuff that make co mocktails, um, th these guys um, that, that we yeah, run amok. The run amok folks yeah, who were here have, earlier. <laughs> right, they have a. Were you talking they, to Kurt? Is that who? Uh, oh man, you're going to make me forget. No, no, that's okay. No, Eric, yeah. I believe is. Oh, here. okay. Well, I didn't meet him, but it's these bitters. The bitters. Awesome. Yeah. yeah so this is, this is going to be great for uh, mocktails and cocktails. So that's really what I'm looking for. I'm looking to. Ex I know I have a line on all the spirits and all the wines. You know, I have lists of people to go out after or repeat business, but I really want to. Uh, um, expand and I'm finding some some great companies here it's interesting to hear you talk about mocktails because as somebody who um I don't want to say I quit drinking I'd say drinking quit me or my liver quit working well you know whatever but um, as somebody who doesn't drink very frequently anymore I do like to get a mocktail first of all it's better than just sucking on you know diet a coke, coke the whole yeah. time or a coke Absolutely. the whole time that or you're soda out. water with a lime yeah which just sucks <laughs> ass I mean let's be honest um, so nobody wants soda water no lime doesn't make it any better let's be real um, but I do like a place that has good mocktails and they're I feel that they're getting a little more respect. Do, yeah. Are they getting respect among the bar culture? Are, are, are people in your world taking them seriously? Or You'd have to tell me that because you're, you're in the restaurants directly okay. and doing that. But, um, no, I think, I mean, my personal feeling is I'd love it to go that way. I'd love, uh, um, what do they call those? Functional beverages now. That's a new title. Mm -hmm. I was talking to someone the other day, and it's a functional beverage, so it's... Um, it has uh, electrolytes or it has, you know, it's kind of like Gatorade, but they've got that stuff on steroids now. And uh, I think that that's going to be the next big thing.
And then there's also, you know, CBD infused um, yeah, well, I want, beverages. I wanted to talk about that and even THC infused, if you're seeing anything there. It, but but the, to get back to that mocktail thing, it, it, it's just because I am I'm really curious about it. I think it's weird because I don't know if the, the public tends to turn their nose up a lot of times at um, paying for something that doesn't have alcohol in it. Right. Even though in most instances, a good cocktail, the ingredients that you're paying for are the are, other things yes, that aren't that's true. the alcohol. Right. The, the organic uh, special, and, the, and then the, the way these craft bartenders make drinks these days is phenomenal. And yeah, there's a shot of alcohol in that too. Right. Um, but uh, so I, anyway, I think that that's, that is the, the direction that, that uh, it's going. Uh, now, CBD and THC infused. Yes. I would so love to, uh, I would love to, I look at you and I know you and I would love to have uh, more of those kind of uh, drinks available. Well, it's interesting to me because, you know, we make a deal on this podcast that we always talk about THC product almost every episode. We don't do it if we're, I don't do a review if I'm inside a casino. Don't want anybody getting in trouble for letting me take THC in their casino. I'm not necessarily a huge THC fan. I'm not a huge cannabis fan, but I was at the RJ for five years, and um, and I'm very grateful for that job. It's a great place, but one of their policies was that we didn't cover THC in the same way we yeah. covered entertainment, right? And yeah. We couldn't talk about it. We covered it as business. So as a food writer, I was never allowed to talk about edibles and drinkables. Right? Didn't make any sense to me because I could cover tequila, I could cover whiskey, I could, you know, and I've done a lot dumber shit on those than I ever did. Absolutely, often, right? So, Absolutely. Um, so it's for me, it's a matter of principle that we should cover edible and drinkable cannabis products, but. I am curious whether you feel that the CBD is, is it lends itself naturally to the beverage market because it's not something you have to worry about over imbibing in. It's always going to have health benefits. You can have many of them over the course of the night. Um, finding the right balance of THC, I think a lot of people might be a little worried about. It. A lot of bartenders might be worried about it. And I'm curious if you're seeing mixologists at least beginning to experiment with that yet, or are we still far I away? I don't, from yeah, I don't know about that, and I don't think so, but CBD is, is fine, and uh, CBD, there's CBD-infused wines, and I'm going, or THC-infused wines, and I'm going, what is the point of that? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, but, um, so I can, I can have people send their CBD products. Um, they had somebody from, uh, called Sati Soda from Colorado, and they sent their sodas, and they did really well. I can't get THC because, um, well, I had one. You can't send it over state lines. You can't send it over state lines. Yeah. And even though it's legal here and it's legal in California, and I was talking to a company in California, Mm -hmm. the the salesperson was all, yes, 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 let's do this. And then the owner of the company was, no, I don't want to lose. Oh, no, it's interstate commerce. The Commerce Clause of the Constitution, that's where the feds get all their power, people. Go to law school, you learn something. (laughs) It's all crossing those state lines. That's how they get you. Yeah. So I can't, I, I haven't, unless things change, unless it's a nationwide. Recreational marijuana, I think that we can't um, have uh, THC-infused drinks. What other trends from the flavor aspect, from the the real culinary aspect, what other trends are coming through cocktails? Um, Are we seeing, uh, uh, 10 years ago, herbaceous cocktails, really uh, savory cocktails had a moment. You know, it's cocktails that really had flavors that tasted like like pickles or like thyme or like rosemary. Yeah. Not just your sweets and your little bit of, you know, whatever citrus fruits. Where are we now? Are there any flavors, any new things, any new trends? Gosh, that's think? that's all I'm running into here and I you know and I'm not familiar enough with them to um to mention them off. I just these guys that had Japanese soda, where are they? It was phenomenal tasting. They're just 
down the path here a little bit. Um, and uh, it's a Japanese fruit. What's it called? Yuzu? Yuzu, yes. Yuzu, Lovely. yeah. And, um, and the flavor was phenomenal. It was sweetened with uh, organic cane sugar, so no uh, high fructose corn syrup. But there's always, like, and then these guys, I mean, you know, here's maple flavored uh, um, yeah, bitters. bitters. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, and that's what I want. I want, you know, I want as many um, out there uh, new emerging products and see what, see what takes, see what takes with these buyers. So proof awards, you just had them. What else is? What, where can people um, read your stuff? Terry at Terry Hart at proofawards.com is where you email me okay. because I'm looking for. I am if there's anybody out there that is uh, that has a non-alcoholic uh, beverage uh, in uh, this month. We're doing hundred dollars off the entry fee, so it's four ninety-five is the usual price. Three ninety-five this month for non-alcoholic, um, and that's really what I'm doing is I'm hawking that. Okay, awesome. And Food and Beverage Magazine. And Food and Beverage Magazine, FB101.com. Buy the damn magazine. Yeah. Buy well, you don't have to buy it. You just have to subscribe to it. Subscribe, oh. support, pay money, pay <laughs> yeah. so they can pay writers. It's right. very important. You yes, absolutely. professionals sharing opinions. Thanks for your time, Terry. Man. Al, Good to thank see you. you, man. Finally, I talked to one of the best purveyors of gourmet ingredients in Las Vegas, both to restaurants and the public. He's also a good friend of mine, a great guy, and um, one of my favorite places to go for lunch. Here is my conversation with Michael Stamm of Cured and Way. He begins by explaining how the distributor business begat his retail outlet. We had such a huge uh, uh, demand for people that were coming to the warehouse and wanting to buy items. So we finally wanted to say, okay, good, let's, let's open up Cureton Way as our retail shop so everybody can come in and everybody's welcome. Uh, the big thing about Cureton Way is, and, and the food, the specialty food, so many chefs sent their wives, their girlfriends, their moms, other customers in. And uh, so for us, for me, as, as the way I grew up, is the best way for people to try food is when they come in and they just get to dry and browse. Okay, so if you eat your way through the cheese counter, okay, or to the meat counter, please feel free to do because how else can you decide if you like a, a, a prosciutto di Parma, prosciutto uh, San Daniele, if you want an Iberico, or if you like a Serrano, or whatever else, okay. Wow, and you just named some very delicious abs there. You're making me hungry. We do have some meats here, but um, n n none of what you just said. <laughs> I'm going to bring you some over. I'm going to bring you some over. Uh, are you actually displaying here, or are you just here to find other people's trends? No, this is more of a show that I used to travel to go to San Francisco or to New York to find new items, to see my pr uh, uh, producers, my importers, uh, my cheese peeps, okay, I mean, that's the biggest thing for me. It, obviously, we're doing a lot of cheese uh, into the Vegas market, and uh, that's always been a show for me where I go, I see the people, I talk to them, I see what's new, I, I just finding new products or something different. I look at the forecast, what people want to bring in or what people are going to produce, or we talk about new items altogether. What have you seen that's exciting in cheeses today? Has anybody, have there been any things like a greener movement or a more humane movement towards raising the cow or keeping things more energy efficient or more sustainable? Is that, because that's what I've seen represented yes. to me so far today, and I'm wondering if that's a trend that you're seeing or if that was just a one-off. No, no, it, the trend has changed in the whole production, okay? I mean, you look at Fiscalini, you look at... Uh, uh, 
Cowgirl Creamery. They're building these massive facilities that are all uh, Crave Brothers in Wisconsin. Crave Brothers, that's who is at that I'm so sorry, Crave Brothers. No, you guys were awesome, the, by the way. These people are just unbelievable. They were actually on the forefront, I would say, uh, on, on sustainability, on taking care of the farm, getting away from these mass-produced farm cheeses, okay? Uh, the, the way they're taking care of the of the herd is just unbelievable. They were the first ones to start a methane gas uh, facility within the uh, with the cow poop. Okay, uh, you have Fiscalini in California. You have Cowgirl Creamery. In Re they started putting solar panels on all their facility to eliminate or to to, uh, to make their own electricity to offset to be off the grid. Uh, and there's so many, I mean, even uh, um, what you call it, Point Reyes, I mean, the movement is unbelievable, okay? And, and it's really the sustainability and the caremanship that they have for the animals is just wow. Let's talk about some other ingredients that one would ex associate with fancy foods. Okay. And I'm curious whether you're seeing anything notable on the floor as you've walked around. Um, I'm going to start by asking you the big gourmet things, truffles, caviar. Are you yes. seeing those around a lot today? Uh, there is some, uh, there's sterling right over here. Uh, there's a couple of other ones uh, over here, yes. Caviar has always been one of the things. I mean, the biggest one is missing. Marquis is missing. Uh, there is Bemka is missing. So some of the big ones are not here right now. But I just think they were holding off because this is the first show coming out of COVID and um, or COVID and it's a, it's a trial run and you see how the people are here. I mean, you look at the aisles, okay, and uh, I just love seeing the people coming out. Okay, yeah. so yes, there's a lot of specialty items. Uh, I met yesterday with a gentleman from um, one of my purveyors for other products. We're talking about truffles, so there's, uh, we're gonna start going into a different direction. Are truffles okay. and caviar becoming more accessible because new new developments in farming them and raising oh, them? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, the way f uh, the way you find truffles. I mean, in the old day, when you look at the truffle belt, it started in Spain as one of the largest producers of truffles. Then he went right into the France, and then of course you go to, into Perigot, uh, the black winter truffles, and then he went right into the Italy, uh, Alba, uh, Tuscany. Um, with truffles, of course, the, the white, white Alba. Uh, yeah, yes. the white Alba. Uh, and then it goes right over into Croatia, Chechnya, up there. I mean, the truffle belt is fantastic. Uh, now they're finding truffles as far north. I mean, even in the Black Forest, they just recently found truffles in, in Germany. Okay. Um, there's a gentleman that took truffles and ground them up uh, with the trees and brought them to Australia. He has a truffle that is just pristine i mean just and given that given that australia sort of has the opposite seasons as correct. the northern hemisphere correct are you then able to get white truffles during our black truffle season and get black truffles during our white truffle season you if know, they grow down there he's not doing that much white truffles to my understanding it's mostly a black truffle that is very similar to a nice black winter truffle so you can get now a black winter truffle pretty much year round let me ask you a question. Are summer, are summer truffles legit, or are they kind of just an inferior product that gets labeled because people are trying to sell truffles? You know, summer truffles is one of the, the love-hate relationships. <laughs> people want truffles. People want something exclusive. And even summer truffles have their purpose, and they have some really nice taste. Okay, um, 
in, in the old days, the truffles, the Chinese truffle, we would call um, a bastard truffle, okay? Because you can take 10 Chinese truffles, you put one perigot in, the rest of them would all take on the aroma of that one perigot. Yeah. But if you would separate it within 10, 15 minutes, that aroma was dissipated, okay? Mm -hmm. It has changed, okay? I mean, the truffles are now more mature, and uh, they have their purpose too. I mean, it's a cheaper truffle. And uh, I have one chef, he's worse by the Chinese truffles just to make a truffle butter. So he uses the Chinese truffle so there's nice bits and pieces of truffle. And then he fortifies it with uh, black truffle oil. So uh, another gentleman is, is using it to make a truffle paste. Okay, so it's summer truffle, black winter truffle. I would prefer over a Chinese truffle, a summer truffle from Italy anytime, okay, because it just has, it's legit, it has a much better flavor, much better aroma, okay, if you look at, at Tuscany, Savini is an incredible company, they wanted to be here, but um, they actually have the product here, but he tested positive for COVID, yeah. so he couldn't leave Italy, yeah. but uh, their truffles are just amazing, and he's true to his word on the truffles. Let's talk about something else we're seeing a lot of here. Um, at least I noticed, but maybe it's my sweet tooth. There's a lot of candy yes. on display. Yes. Um, now, you don't really sell candy, at least at Curtin Way, but you gotta, you got to be still. You're, we're, we are literally the kids in the candy <laughs> store, right? I mean, this is the Wonka factory. Oh, yeah. So what are you seeing candy-wise today? Any trends? You know, there's a lot of new things there. There's a lot more uh, uh, healthy sites to it. Okay, yes, you find a lot more healthy items than in the old days, the sweet items. They do, they use different uh, sweeteners like date syrup or, or stevia or something like that. So yes, there's a trend coming around that's kind of interesting. Yes, you're right, we don't sell very much candy. But uh, there's a couple of really nice chocolate companies, uh, chocolate truffles that are kind of interesting for us. I have a meeting here in, uh, in an hour with a gentleman in regards of chocolates uh, to bring them into the shop to have chocolates and cheese uh, to pair that pretty well. So, yes, I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Anything exciting on the plant-based trend? Like we all know, you can't really call plant-based a trend anymore, no, right? No. Like the, the, the movement itself towards being more plant-based is just part of yeah. of the human race at this point. Uh, but are there trends within that? Are there, are there new things emerging that are maybe new takes on how to cut back your animal protein intake that, that, that you think are delicious and exciting that you're seeing here? I honestly, I'm not a very big plant-based person. I mean, I love my steak. But what I see, and, and I'm kind of surprised, but I'm not surprised. A lot of the companies like Good Planet, Numu, they're not here. Daya is not here right now. And I was kind of a little bit in shock on that, okay, because, uh, but they, they're already preparing for the next show, which is in a natural show, natural food show in Anaheim, which is their biggest show, okay? Everybody that has plant-based food will be down there. And yes, I'm probably going to make a trip down there with Kathy looking at items, especially since we have the Numu, we have the Good Planet. So those are two of the vegan cheeses that are absolutely spectacular. And thanks to Vincent from Good Pie, I brought the Numu. He put me in contact with Numu. We brought the Numu cheese in. And when you taste the Numu, it doesn't have that normal uh, uh, coconut taste, okay? It's a really nice 
beautiful melting characteristics cheese. Good planet has a Parmesan out there in a cheddar that really, if you put them side by side, you close your eyes. Um, I actually have people that prefer the American sliced uh, from plant-based over the regular American sliced. And quite honestly, I would eat the plant-based over the American. Well, if a plant-based cheese is good enough for Michael Stamm, then at this point, it's good enough for everybody else to shut up. And because, because you are not somebody who's jumping on a bandwagon just to be plant-based. You are a cheese connoisseur. So if you're I, saying these things are solid, they're, they're, they're legit solid. In order for me to become a better person, to talk to the chefs, I have to learn about the products because otherwise how else can I talk about this product? For me, it's more of explaining to the chef why I prefer that over making a sale. Okay, I rather step away from something and I don't want to represent something that I wouldn't eat. I have now a daughter-in-law. She is completely vegetarian. My uh, two grandkids are both vegetarian and um, I have uh, several friends of mine that are, of course, even, uh, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, grain allergies. Mm -hmm. So I have to look out for that, and it's important to me. Uh, and I want to give them some of the best products that's out there. Tell people where to find Cured in Way, because it can be a little difficult. Uh, right by Mandalay Bay, you get off on Russell Road, you go up to Valley View, you go south on Valley View, and right before you come to Sunset, there's Post Road. We have now a couple of banners out there, and look for the Cured in Way banner. What are your current hours? Well, current hours are 10 to 5, uh, Monday through Wednesday, and then on Thursday and Friday, we're open 10 to 6, and Saturdays right now, 10 to 4. And you have a website? Website is up, curedandway.com. C-U-R-E-D-A-N-D? A-N-D, yes. A-N-D-W-H-E-Y. Correct. Those of you who don't know how to spell. Absolutely, yes. Cured and Way. Uh, look it up. Look us up. You can even order online, and uh, we can ship it to you. It, it, it's no problem. And uh, But we would love to see you. For me, the biggest thing is you come as a stranger, you leave as a friend. Um, thanks so much for finding some time for me today, man. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Cheers. Thank you. Well, now that we say goodbye to the fancy food sh show, I gotta say we we did some good work there. Yeah, it was a fun show. It was great connecting to a lot of people. Um, I hope we get to check out a few more. We've got a lot of industry shows coming up again. The restaurant and bar shows coming up. I'm excited about that. The um, pizza expo. So I'm hoping maybe you and I can spend some time down on those floors as well. Yes, sir. It is news time. Next, this is food and loath. Time for the news, and there is a very weird food story that is all over the news this week about the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department investigating, quote, multiple reports of adulterated foods at a Centennial Hills restaurant. I've done zero independent reporting on this, so I'm going to go by what I've seen on TV and read in the review journal, mostly on the latter, because I trust the folks over at the RJ. Um, it appears that a lot of people felt funny after eating at a restaurant, quote, on the 5700 block of Centennial Center Boulevard. Uh, at least one of those people reports testing positive for THC after eating the curry. Uh, <sighs> 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> weird, right? This, I mean, and this is all over the place. It's not just one report. I mean, I'm seeing this all over the news. A lot of people are actually reporting the name of the restaurant, but the RJ is just attributing their use of the name to social media and internet posts. I'm not comfortable naming a place based on that kind of third-hand info, but um, you can find the name pretty easily online if you want to look. I will just say this, Rich, what the actual fuck? <laughs> I mean... Look, everyone knows I'm a fan of chefs getting creative with THC, but as with <laughs> everything fun in life, consent is key. I mean, I don't know how many times yeah. we, we shouldn't have to be told that, right? Not so either. I don't know. No, I don't know what may or may not be happening in this restaurant, but it seems like something that is very not cool. Um, look, I, I don't even have to say this to my chef friends who enjoy experimenting with THC. They're all consent-driven people, and um, I hope this doesn't give the THC cooking world a bad name if somebody somewhere oh, just man. decided to go batshit with it. I don't know. Um, Rich, I mean, you know, we... We got people complaining about gluten or peanuts or any other thing that might hurt them. THC, legal as it may be, is not something that you want to go in blind having anywhere, anytime. It's got to be church and state. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, yeah, like, obviously you don't want, I mean, no, freak you out, man. I mean, you you don't want to have, be high and not know why you're high. That'll yeah. just make you think you're insane. I'm, I'm and, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking intra-family uh, strife and somebody trying to sabotage the joint out of some uh, old grievance back in Phuket. It reminds me of that episode of that 70s show when they mixed up Hyde's brownies. Uh-oh. And the, yeah. the family ate the brownies instead of the kids. But anyway, I'm just oh, showing yeah. my age there. Rich, how are you doing on that, that COVID test? Minute 20 to go. So stand by. Actually, I'll remain seated. Okay, you remain seated, man. Yes. I don't want you falling over. Um, look, also in the news, Daniel Arias and um, Isidro Marcus have taken over the kitchen at Peyote in Ferguson's downtown. As we told you a couple of weeks ago, Justin Kingsley Hall has exited that project for health concerns. I've spoken to Justin. I'm glad to see him taking care of himself. He's had ongoing um, you know, health issues for a long time, and he also just works himself really, really hard. Um, so I will miss him at Peyote, but I'm excited that he'll have more time to focus on Main Street provisions and take care of his own health, especially in the wake of um, his right hand, Chef Jessica Perlstein, leaving Las Vegas, his right hand over at Main Street, I should say. Yeah. Jessica was a great chef. She will be missed. Justin's ability to focus on one of my favorite restaurants in the Valley, and I will say that loudly and proudly all the time. Um, Main Street Provisions is amazing, and um, I'm glad that he'll be back in there focusing. So the only missing piece to make me a really happy camper is um, what are Daniel and Isidro doing at Peyote? So I caught up with those gentlemen who you may already know from their ceviche concept, the Black Pearl in the Vegas test kitchen, and I asked them. The big question everybody's wondering is, how is the menu gonna change? Is this gonna be what we're familiar with from Black Pearl at Peyote? Is it something new? Is it gonna be any carryover from what we already know from Peyote? How is somebody who's already either a Black Pearl customer or already a Peyote customer, what are they gonna see when they walk in the doors now? So Black Pearl is more of a coastal Mexican uh, regional food. Uh, peyote, you're going to see some similar dishes, uh, some of the goodies that a lot of people like. Uh, we're going to go with more of a Latin, uh, more expansion, so it's going to be more of a Argentina, Brazilian flavors. We're going to hit those flavors down there, but with classical uh, techniques, but with a different approach, more of a modern 
So that's where we're. Anything to add to that? <laughs> nah, nah, actually, that's all. Like, yeah, we just more Latin. Like that's what we're shooting for. Okay, like, cool. The black was more of a our take from Mexico to north, north and south. So right. it's more dry chilies and the coast. So combined together. Right now, it's a little bit different. Uh, some of the guests are gonna. I'm pretty sure doing a look for the black pro. We're gonna have a few dishes similar to it, but nah, not, not, it's not gonna be the black pro. <laughs> okay, cool. And how quickly is this changeover? I mean, the people will be hearing this Friday. So, will if they start coming in tonight, this Friday, this Saturday, um, you know, will will they be experiencing this new concept already? Uh, yes. Yeah, so since last Friday, we started slowly. Uh, we just want to get. The customers, some of the regulars that used to come here get more acclimated to our uh, new dishes. Uh, some of these flavors, uh, really pungent flavors, a lot of uh, new stuff that a lot of people have never uh, seen and taste. So you can start now, yeah. So starting today, uh, we're gonna have brunch as well. Uh, next Saturday, we're adding the brunch menu as well. So we're gonna have it Saturday and Sunday. Well, that's it. It was just was one, that your whole alarm? That was the one whole beat? damn alarm. I thought it was going to be like a you know an EBS test, Connell Rat, and all that. Like the nukes are coming. One little ass boop. I mean, is it maybe it. you get a shorter alarm when you're not sick? Maybe that's all good right. news. I don't you're know. Supposed to take a photo. Oh, that's right. I look at this thing and how many lines? One how many lines red line on the sea. That all usually right. means you're not sick if it's just one red that's line. That's right. All right. How come I can't? So this just means something else is wrong. Something else. It's just good old flu or something like it. But I'm opening up my own cannabis edibles. We didn't talk edibles last week because I was in a casino. Um, but, you know, we have a regular listener and somebody who I've been in touch with um, on social media for a long time who always asks me to talk about dried fruits and things like that. Let, a couple of weeks ago, I got a product by a company called Cannabella at Exhale on Flamingo across from the Palms. I thought they do a lot of dried fruits. What I got that time was not. It was more of a fruit chew kind of deal. Um, I think I compared it to Starburst at the time. But I went back to Cannabella. I bought a couple different packs of their dried fruits. What I am looking at right now, and I tried this last night as well, these, these are their dried mangoes vegan, all natural, gluten-free, a delicious tropical fruit rich in dietary fiber, vitamins A and B, complex vitamins, and antioxidants. Also, this is a cannabis product. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, so they want me to know that. 10 milligrams of THC per piece, 10 pieces to the packet. I should also mention that um, one thing I like about Exhale is they when you buy edibles or any product i assume at exhale again this is the place across from the palms not the one that's in the same building as the little um cafe this is a little further to the west but right in that same park well, i know it anyway yeah. when you buy products from them the price that is on the tag is the price you pay that is after all the ridiculous i don't want to say they're ridiculous i'm happy to pay the taxes but you know you never know what you're paying at a lot of um, dispensaries because oh yeah they tax so many taxes on and then there's so many discounts and all kinds of craziness. Um, this was easy. I pointed to these packs. The price said $25 per pack for 10 pieces, 10 milligrams a piece. I asked for two different varieties. I got there. I handed the guy a $100 bill. He gave me $50 back. Of course, I got changed so that I could tip him because always tip your bud tender. But um, it's kind of nice. So I like that. So I, I opened these up. These are a hybrid, I'm told. So that's... Um, 
indica and sativa hybrid and it's this rich i don't know if you could really see it if i'm holding a yellow it banana looking thing yeah yeah it just looks like a yellow piece of uh, mango that was dried and then it sort of rolled up in the drying process yeah um it's yeah a little bigger than a quarter size um and yeah you could take a nice bite off it you don't have to eat the whole thing tastes like dried fruit i happen to like mango definitely some sugar on there really don't taste the weed i mean there you go maybe because of the fact that mango is a weird taste to begin with doesn't necessarily taste exactly like what i would expect mango to taste like so definitely mango that's been um processed with something but i like it i do and i got a variety pack from the same company that i am hopefully going to try out next week for you Boom. Well, well, you can eat that whole thing since you're home, or you got places no, to No, man, go. I got a lot of work to do. I got a yeah. party to plan. I've got a uh-huh. launch event. We got Neon Feast coming out. That's so, right. Cannabella dried mango. Um, Hey, give them a shot. I like it. I do. You know what? I'm getting a little aftertaste that I actually enjoy on this, not a weedy aftertaste. Oh. Um, I do like that they tell you how th- these can be delayed. You get the little warning, like... um the intoxicating effects of this product may be delayed by two or more hours. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that is a drag (laughs) with edibles. You don't know how long it takes them to hit you. I have a slow metabolism. I usually start feeling my edibles if I'm on an empty stomach within about 40 minutes, but that's very slow for most people. Um, Most people it hits them a lot sooner, but I mean, I, you know, I don't really peak on edibles until about 30 minutes into it. That's really when I'm sort of at my highest on them. So um, yeah, it's nice that they warn you about that. I think they probably have too many people that did what I did when I was in Amsterdam like 30 years ago, where you know you eat the half of the space cake, oh, and yeah. then you eat the other half of the space cake. End up at a canal somewhere. Yeah, with me, I was in the laundromat staring at the dryer. Yeah. So yes. So anyway, but did hey, you man, have a I, prostitute by your side? I did not have one by my side, but I certainly walked through the red light district a oh. lot that night. Yes. Um, thanks to um, Cannabella, I'll I, cut I that like part their out. products. <laughs> No, it's okay, man. You All can right. always talk about prostitutes. I'm I'm a fan of prostitutes. Yes. Um, I mean, not necessarily a customer, but a fan. I, yeah. I appreciate the work they do. Look, but don't touch. Yes, absolutely. So that is it, my friends, for this episode of Food and Loathing. Thanks to all of our guests, Lorena Garcia, Daniel and Isidro from Peyote, Michael Stamm, Donald Contursi, who am I forgetting? Uh, Mr. Silverberg. C.W. Silverberg. Um, Our friend from the Proof Awards as well. Uh, Who was that? Terry Terry Hart. Thank you. Thanks, Terry. So thanks, all of you for being a part of this week's episode of Food and Loathing. And tell a friend about Food and Loathing. Say nice things about us on Apple Podcasts. But we do want your feedback, your likes, your retweets, whatever else you have to say. Constructive criticism, as we like to say. Find out everything you need to know about how to do, how to do all that at Al's website, theneonmohawk.com. Or just go right to us in the email, info at foodandloathing.vegas. With producer Rich Johnson, I'm Al Mancini. Stay hungry.